You're listening to the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk podcast on KCPW, kcpw.org, bff.fm, and kfog.com. It's day 10 with the 2019 Sundance Film Festival. I'm John Wildman, and we are on location at Slamdance headquarters on historic Main Street, interviewing some of this year's most important and exciting voices in independent film. Joining me this morning are my co-hosts from Bitch Talk, Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. Today's show, we will have a shorts roundtable. We have two films on that. We have the film Old Haunt, along with Sometimes I Think About Dying. And then we have an episodic project out of Sundance, The Dress Up Gang. And for that, we've got the three creators, Donnie Devanian, Corey Ludasek, and Rob Boardman, and cast member Frankie Kionis will also be joining us. Another episodic project out of Sundance, that is Bootstrapped. And for that one, we've got producers Stephanie Lang and Dave Hill, And we finish up with the documentary Tigerland. Ross Kaufman, the Academy Award-winning director, will be here for that. We are back on the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk Podcast. My name is John Wildman here with the co-host from Bitch Talk, Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. And we've got a segment here uh, talking about short films. And we've got two really great short films we're going to talk about. Uh, Old Haunt, we have Andre Highland, who's the director, writer, and star of that film. And Sometimes I Think About Dying, we have Stephanie Abel Horowitz. She's the director and co-writer on the film. Thank you both for being here. Thanks. Thanks. Seeing we started this off by me already praising your guys' films um, because they're, they're, they are really, really good. Um, let's start with you, Andre. Ta- tell us about Old Haunt. Uh, Old Haunt, I, <clears throat> it's sort of like my version of a Twilight Zone episode. It's, uh, it's about a guy who rents an Airbnb. He's a writer. He starts having kind of like these weird interactions and instances that kind of keep happening, and he doesn't really know if it's an intruder or an apparition or something in his head. And it's sort of about him sorting that out. <laughs> okay. And, I told uh, you more, would just kind of spoil it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes I think about dying. Stephanie, tell us about that film. Uh, it's about a woman named Fran who thinks about dying um, kind of a lot and sort of goes home and thinks about not existing. And then there's a guy in the office who might want to date her. What will she do? That's right. That's right. <laughs> Come see the film. <laughs> well, well, you know, and, and what I loved about sometimes I think about dying is that uh, people do interior monologues. They do. They 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 use um, uh, people's interior monologues in films oftentimes. But this is the first time that I've seen it where the film, the entire film, is about that, and it's and it's about the interior monologue that we all have. We all have those those kind of thoughts, and 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 we and you know some of us have a a, a train load of thoughts, and some of us you know not not so much. Um, but to show that effectively, uh, I think you have a wonderful actress. Thank um, you. That, that 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 really was was great, and and in fact, you know, your cast, your and, and the guy as well is wonderful. But talk about trying to affect that nuance of letting us into you know her head in the right way. And you know, and, and kind of working that out. Yeah, it was actually really difficult. Um, it was based on a play, and in the play, she actually speaks everything she does. Um, so it sort of translated easily to that. But then, really finding out how to to get into her head in the right way, where she was funny, and we felt like we knew her, but we weren't always stuck in VO, and that we were still watching a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so there was a lot of voiceover rewriting, like that was definitely a huge part of the edit process where we'd, Stephanie and I would be also named Stephanie, our editor, would be editing and we'd call Katie who was with her baby and we'd say, we've got a list of lines we want to try and she'd run in the closet and record them, she'd send them back, we'd put them in because it affected so much of what the experience of the film was. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but it does feel like the important part, she's a quiet character outside in the world. So if we didn't have that, I don't think you'd... We actually did try an edit where we pulled it all out. And we were like, oh my God, is the film better? And we said, (laughs) (laughs) we were like, is this it? (laughs) But we sent it to a friend who also worked on the film as our DIT. And we were like, because she hadn't seen a cut yet. And we were like, is it better like this? And she was like, it works, but it's a more special film with it. So it was nice to know. It's funny because that's kind of the the thoughts that I had watching it too. Not not to that extent because I wasn't editing it, but is it better to express everything that you think or is it not? Like that's just constantly what you battle. Like, mm-hmm. do, am I completely honest with you or am I you know? And am I am I crazy for thinking that? Am I not? You know. So th- so that's kind of like what what I took from it and what I appreciated from it is like 
that inner battle that we constantly have, like, how much do I share? Yeah, we were talking <laughs> about that last night after our screening because uh, it was our second screening, so we could really listen and not be scared. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Just black out. The fear was gone. <laughs> yeah, the fear was gone, and so we all tuned in to when people were laughing. And that is really when people are laughing. It's like either she's very honest interiorly, or we find some very honest line exteriorly, or we mm -hmm. find that there's humor like between her interior saying, say something, say something, say something, mm -hmm. and then she says, do you need something? Yeah, you know those kinds of moments where we're not quite honest. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, and that's one of the things I love. I I have moments all the time where my my wife will go, "What were you thinking?" And it's like four random freaking thoughts. <laughs> do you want to know or do you not want to know? <laughs> no sense whatsoever. Yeah. So I don't want to tell you because I'll sound like a crazy person. Absolutely, and we all do. Yeah. I remember one time being asked that, and they're like, "What were you thinking?" And I was like, "I was thinking about Homer Simpson's hair and how it." <laughs> Like, Naturally, about that, I was like, "You asked." I don't know. Why I was in my head. So yeah, I know the feeling. <laughs> All right, so so let's go. Let's go to old haunt for a moment. Um, you know, oftentimes, like you know, I you know, I will talk to uh, you know to to, to actors and, and and directors that that want to do something and and they're trying to think of you know what well, what can I do that's so contained that I can pull this off without having to take a loan out and you know and, and all that kind of thing, and oftentimes. Those films look like somebody tried to just make something without having to take a loan out. And what I loved about this is is the simplicity, but the idea is great. Thanks. And mm -hmm. and talk about um, you know developing that you know as a fully fleshed out idea, and yet within the containment of of the production. Yeah, I mean a lot of times just like my approach to almost anything I do is normally there's no money up front. <laughs> it's just like what do I have available? And then once you have those limitations, it forces you to kind of like think of those. And and this one, <clears throat> you know, it's kind of like a it's a horror comedy sort of, more like a Twilight Zone episode with a bit of humor than straight up horror. But mm -hmm. um, I, you know, I, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how to extend that. Like so, it's like what do I have available? Like we shot it around the Silver Lake Reservoir in L.A. And my sister's house is the place that's in it. And my DP has his own camera. I mean, it's sort of like quick stuff like that. And I always thought it was a cool location, so I started mm -hmm. thinking I had this idea of. Man, it's so hard to talk about that sort of giving it away, but we must steer clear of, of yeah, those spoilers. It, it's sort of like giving the idea of like there's this much bigger picture going on right in front of you, but you don't see it. But once you become sort of hip to what's going on in the story, you're like, oh, there's a whole other world right in front of me that I've been seeing. But it's really just information you've been told as a viewer that sort of changes the I, dynamic I, of the whole thing. I, I will say one thing that really quick that, 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 that I loved. Maybe the most stoic cat ever. I love yeah, the cat. I Thank freaked you. out. It was that part was amazing. It's a nice cat practical effect. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, but I I used to live in Echo Park, so I appreciated yeah. the exteriors of the reservoir and everything. Oh, cool. I, I I loved all, all of that, but. Um, what I really liked about about Old Haunt was you think you know where it's going and then you don't and then you do and then you don't and then at the end you just have all these questions. Oh, cool! <laughs> so yeah. I'm like, thanks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it little... almost works because like what you think it's going to be is a, a cliche. It's not, it wasn't a cliche originally, but it's become sort of a cliche in the last twenty years. And I sort of lead you down a road thinking it's going to be that twist, mm -hmm. and then it's sort of a twist on that twist. And in the middle, there's a cat. So yeah. perfect. Yeah. All the check marks. Yeah. Now, before the before we started the broadcast, um, uh, Andrea, I, I was trying to figure out like which of my film festivals that, that, that you were at, um, because I remembered that. Um, and I just couldn't place the, the festival. And I want to, both of you to talk about um, how you approach a festival tour with the short film, and, uh, you know, and, 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 and what you're hoping for you know, as you take a short film out there, because it's a different ambition than with a feature film. Sure. So why don't you start, Andre? Um, well, it's funny. Like, I feel like a, a short at a festival, especially like Sundance, it can go way more places than, a few years ago I had a short called Funnel, and that was the first time that I was played Sundance, and it went way beyond my expectations of whatever, I thought how far a, a short film could travel. So that was, that was like my first real experience with that sort of thing, and since having that, like I can go into this thinking like, oh, I know what can, that can kind of open up. Like for me, like I'd worked in TV and having a short film here opened up a lot of like opportunities and meetings and things like that with people in film. So that's what it sort of opened up for me. I don't know if that's answering the question, but sort of bouncing around and people, it's kind of like a calling card. Yeah. <laughs> I guess no. for people to see what you did and hopefully get to do more of it, you know, with other people. <laughs> and Stephanie, what about you? Yeah, I have so little idea. Andre's much more of a veteran at this than I am. Uh, I was a theater director for a long time, so this is my first 
film festival, let alone wow. Sundance is your first film festival. Wow, you started, wow. Nice you start. aimed high. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Excuse me. <laughs> I know, it's, it sounds so prodigious, but I've been directing for a decade, so it's not that prodigious. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, this is all super crazy for us, and like, you know, you do get, um, you do get asked to apply to a lot of film festivals, mm. and you get waivers, which is pretty fun. Yeah. Because um, we're definitely out of money, like nine times over. Um, yeah, and you get meetings with film people, and I'm just kind of going for the ride and hoping it works out okay. Yeah, that is a nice thing about playing here is a lot of other festivals just like request screeners or just request to play it straight up, and then you're just like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> then it just kind of takes on a life of its own. No, absolutely. I mean, yeah, again, like, you know, I, I, I know a handful of film festivals that, that I'm going to be, you know, recommending it for. Uh, well, then let's, let's talk about that, you know, that. You know, you, you, you both have really good short films. Um, and yes, you know, and Andre, I know you've had a number of films, you know, uh, uh, prior to this a, as an actor um, as well. Um, what at, at this outlook, you know, are, are there features in waiting uh, that, that, that both of you want to do? Um, what, yes. what you, what's going on? <laughs> yes. Give me <laughs> the money. Always, yes. Uh, yeah, I have a feature that I finished writing. There's like people attached that producers and all that sort of thing we're looking for financing for um it's funny like well there's two <laughs> there's that one which a couple years ago i was looking for finance after my first sundance trip i was trying to get financing for this other feature and that was taking a while i ended up making another feature on the side and that ended up playing <laughs> sundance but now i'm trying to loop back and make that other feature <laughs> and since then i've also written another script and that's what i want to do next and Stephanie, we're getting yeah. you out of the world of theater. Come on. Yeah, get me out. <laughs> <laughs> There's no money in theater. Uh, yeah, we're. Uh, but funny enough, this was a play. The short film was based right. on a play. Um, and we're working on a feature version. And I'm also adapting another play I worked on in New York as a feature. Um, so I don't know, you guys. I'm so new. But I want to make features and get hired to direct stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, it, well, it, it, it's it's great to have you at, at at have someone from their first Sundance. Um, yeah, they, so they, fresh. Yes. <laughs> so are we? So we're, 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 so we're just oh, right. Well. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I mean, this is my twentieth Sundance. So, oh my so, gosh. so, so, so oh. this it, 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 it's always fun to, to, to see this. Well, again, we've been uh, talking about short films. The the two films are Old Haunt, Andre Highland, the director writer star of that, and sometimes I think about dying. Stephanie Abel Horowitz, the director and co writer. It's been great to have you both here. Thank you so yeah. much. Thank you. Thanks. We are back on the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk Podcast. My name is John Wildman. We're with my Bitch Talk co-hosts Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. We're going to talk about the episodic project, The Dress Up Gang. We have the three creators of the show, Donnie Devanian. Mm -hmm. Yes. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Corey Lukasik. Yeah. All right. Rob Boardman, who's also the director on the show. And we have Frankie Kionis, who's in the show. All right. Welcome, guys. Thanks for, hey, thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us. All right. So, Rob, let's have you introduce our listeners to what The Dress Up Gang is. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, <clears throat> The Dress Up Gang is uh, it's a show. It's a comedy set in Los Angeles about uh, these two guys, Corey and Donnie, who have this really... Uh, unique relationship. Corey's kind of a, a charity case loser that lives on Donnie's couch, and Donnie's uh, a really a sweet and naive uh, <laughs> kid. Uh, like, yeah. he's, he's an adult, but he he, he has a childlike uh, disposition. We created this show based on a webisode that web series that me and Donnie and we all live together in the same house that we shot the mm -hmm. show in, and mm -hmm. it's probably not unlike our actual friendship too much. It's a bit of exaggeration. Yeah. Of, uh, yeah, they're personas. And then all our kind of surreal misadventures with all the neighbors in the courtyard and everything. Yeah, it's got an ensemble cast with Frankie leading the way. And yeah. Um, Andy McDowell, Kirk Fox, Brent Weinbach, um, Kevin Kamia. Yeah, a bunch folks. of standard comedians from Los Angeles. A lot of really, yeah. funny, <laughs> lot of really yeah. funny folks. And of course, the first question I have to ask you guys is how long does it take to choreograph the secret handshakes? Great question. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That uh, that took us a while, man. We were actually uh, practicing between uh, between uh, uh, scenes yeah. on set. Like, like anytime we had any yeah. uh, breaks in between shooting scenes, we would keep practicing the handshake. And we would record, record it, you know, fine tune a little bit. We probably did five solid sessions. I'd say. Yeah, yeah, we, we had that episode on the counter for a while, and they were just gearing up for it all week. 
Yeah, did was, you have a choreographer for it, or was it? No, just no, we just did. Just, you know what we were doing? We were watching like highlight reels of NBA, like handshakes and yeah. oh, right, yeah, athletes' yeah. hand yeah. sections. Yeah, yeah. We added our own stuff to it. We're like, okay, oh, that's good. And we started to just make it more absurd, kind of like yeah. cooking yeah. stuff. Yeah, the oven, all the chicken. Oven. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chicken. <laughs> 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 we were like taking uh, taking a photo together. Yeah, yeah. selfie. Yeah. yeah, and Frank's pantomime is so strong. It's like we it had to really get some is. of that in there. Yeah. You kept up. You kept up. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and it's it's. Hilarious one, of course. They're, they're, it goes. It's funny enough, but when you're doing it with a time limit because you're trying to get the the, the, yeah. the, the whole process. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You're like the chicken's done. Hurry up! Yeah. Oh my yeah, god! Like so yeah, good. for the listeners, the episode is called the handshake, and then Donnie and I have this crazy handshake. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, and and again, it, it, it it's silly, ridiculous fun, uh, but you do have to craft a story, and, and and I would love for you guys to talk about about that you know it's one thing to again to come up with very funny bits um but to make something this, this successful you don't want to just drink together a bunch, of, a bunch of funny bits you have to have a point to it so um so i don't know which one of you want, wants to to speak up first on this but talk about that process i could probably collaborate on it but i think uh yeah that's a good point i mean i think our goal is always the story so yeah you're trying to as you think of different jokes and what different scenes you could have making sure that there's the narrative through line through it that by the end, hopefully by the end of each episode, we've earned some sort of, um, uh, I don't know, just ending, a heartfelt ending, or yeah, just making sure that everything is coming from the point of view the characters are earned. And the handshake's funny, but it's about my jealousy of not having a handshake with Donnie and making sure that that comes through the whole episode and that hopefully by the end you kind of feel for my character. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think we like to get into really silly, like mundane or uh, trivial <laughs> conflicts or story problems, but there's also an underlying emotion with all those conflicts. And I think we have to, we always try to make sure that those emotions feel earned. It's a show about my feelings getting hurt a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like therapy for you? Yeah, it is, yeah. No, but it is really emotional. Uh, New Look Day, it's about acceptance and, and feeling okay with who you are and, mm -hmm. your, and your friends helping support you. Yeah. Um, and I just wanted to give a shout out to Juanita Carmelita. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Frankie has many alter egos. Yes. If you've ever seen his stand-up, please check him out. Yeah. But Juanita Carmelita, I was happy to see her again. Yeah. <laughs> That's probably the episode that we've gotten the, gotten the most positive feedback on just in terms of, I want to do that with my friends. Well, I yeah. 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 I'm going to start doing that once a year. So. Yeah. 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 I know some people who had a new look day party, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, we did when we filmed that one. We had the cast and crew. Everybody came with a new look for that day of shooting. Uh, yeah, it was really fun. And yeah. also, that was a heartfelt moment because I'm assuming that's a photo of your yeah, father. Yeah, yeah. Right. It was like mm -hmm. at the end, mm -hmm. I was kind of crying a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it was sweet. Real, yeah, yeah. When he recently he, passed away too, just a couple years ago. It, well, yeah, when we did the webisode version of that. It was about my dad hadn't passed away, and he wasn't even sick. It was sort of a different way of Whoa. connecting with okay. missing him because anyway, we'd kind of grown apart. But then. When he passed away, before we filmed the actual episode, he did pass away. So then that whole episode was a completely different context. And yeah, really emotional. I'm trying to dress like my dad in the episode. And there I was, like, just grieving for him. So yeah, yeah it, was, it was pretty yeah, special. Yeah, very special. Well, yeah. when you have a, a core group like this that has um, worked together and, and, and kind of figured out, um, you know, you know, what makes each other laugh and, what, and how you guys work together, when you bring additional people into <laughs> it, um, you know, that... People handle that dynamic um, in in different ways. Talk about that. You know, and, you know, in the episodes, um, you know, when people you, know, you have like an Andy McDowell, you have people like that come in. <laughs> That's a good question. What, what is that process like? Um, well, a lot of the people we brought in were mostly friends of ours that were comics, like yeah. uh, Christian and Kevin and Brent. Yeah. Happened pretty we've organically. With. Yeah, but yeah. The whole point of the show is to create a world that you want to live in, where people love each other in it, and I think making sure that that felt yeah. real while we were shooting was. Key. It's like a, even though it's set in LA, it's like a small town feel to the world. Mm -hmm. so yeah. It's a little courtyard and the yeah. neighbors. Well, and and also yeah. the music that you yeah, put yeah. into the episodes. Yeah. It's old timey. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You know. yeah. And for me, it reminds me of like my grandparents, like in a fun way, like my grandparents' parties growing up and, you know, just kind of in those 90s movies with the feel good movie magic and just. Trying to yeah. see if you can get a little bit of that into something nowadays was kind of fun. And Andy has a lot of that magic, though. Even just her face on screen, she has like a certain glow about yeah, it. Yeah, like, oh. How does yeah, she get on board amazing. with yeah. this? Man, she saw some uh, of the, so, bit of the web series. Somehow her agent got it to her, and she loved it, and was like, "What?" Yeah. Well, but even she just came to you. And then well, even, no, no. Well, that, to step back from that, we just when we were filming it, we're like, 
just always thought, wouldn't it be fun if Andy McDowell was our neighbor? I don't know. I would just <laughs> this, love. This was when we were making the webisodes. Yeah, like, okay. just, we yeah. kind of always thought for some reason. It would be really funny if Andy was Donnie's neighbor. We just always loved her and her vibe would fit our world and her, I don't know, we just thought that'd be funny. And then years later when it became, we had the chance to develop it as a show, we were like, well, they're like, we could reach out to her and see if she's interested. And it turns out she lives like down the street and watched web series and thought it was funny. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. it's a total dream come true. Yeah, it's a total dream come true. We were like, remember the the day that we found out that she got it? Like, oh, I think I cried actually. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. We're like, wait, what? Are you serious? I I was like, told my mom because we were all big fans of Andy McDowell and Groundhog Day growing up. What about us? Yeah. And my mom, like, oh, we got Andy McDowell on the show. She's like, oh, whoa, like, so you got like a lookalike or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no, like the real one. She like it took her a few minutes to get it. Like the anime that we watched on the TV. Like, She's like, oh, so you're yeah. serious about this? Okay, this is yeah. real. It, did. it gave a lot of credibility. The first day, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. She she like street cred, yeah. yeah. Same yeah. with my mom and my grandma came and flew down to set so they could meet her from Northern California. Oh, that's so, so cute. cute. Yeah. So cute. I love she that. She could have been more friendly too. She's like so sweet. Oh man, yeah, yeah. sweetheart. We've been talking to um, a, a few episodic projects on this show and talking about you know, um, uh, episodics having a, uh, an opportunity at film festivals now. Um, but I would love actually for you guys to talk about um, the process of going from a, uh, a, a streaming uh, project um, into an episodic to, you know, to, to, to go take that next step. Yeah, Rob, you wanna speak to that? Yeah, um, well, in the writing process we we always like the idea of uh, keeping the kind of quarter hour, 10 minute stories. Um, and so TBS was like really cool with letting us kind of creatively do whatever we wanted. Uh, but we still had to kind of adhere to the 22 minute format. Mm. So the, the 10 episodes that we shot is actually 19 segments. And we did one full length 22 minute episode. But then the rest is, a, is um, you know, quarter hour for the most part, like two segments in one episode. Yeah, we really kept the exact same format, you know, for the most part. The biggest challenge was just going from us holding the boom mics on the side and the three <laughs> of us staying up <laughs> and being able to do it as long as you wanted and filming to the, you know, to having to do it with like a real set. We've never been on a real set before. So to go from the web series in our living room to, and they built a replica of our house as a, on the sound it was stage. Like kind of That's freaking. It was incredibly, oh yeah, it was incredibly surreal. It was yeah. I always yeah. wanted to have someone fall asleep in my house and then somehow get them on set, let them wake up there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could have drugged them. And yeah, then, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a different... It probably would have been good PR for the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or for the show, I mean. Yeah, yeah. But they nailed it, man. It looked exactly like our apartment. It was like, oh, yeah. like okay, we they're going to make something close to it. It'll yeah, we were cool, pretty but... picky about getting the details like of the apartment, like even scuffing the walls. Yeah, everything. Dirty. The crown molds. We like, yeah. wow. You don't know when intangibles it. matter. So yeah. as you do the web series, we're like, I don't know, maybe the color of the wall was important. Yeah. So when we did the show, we are like, if we could just keep everything kind how it was that'd be kind of nice just to, but they did an incredible job of making the set feel like it was on location like hmm. they had light panels up above and walls totally closed in and then we had lights on the outside of the set but i mean yeah, they if you watch it. a show i mean i can't yeah friends of ours are like well you guys shot it at your apartment like yeah. no man that's set. that's <laughs> in a stage in a sound stage yeah. like, what and then we did shoot on location at the courtyard um but yeah. we did that, you know, for just a little bit. Yeah. Well, again, the, the title of the show is The Dress Up Gang. Uh, we've had with us uh, Frankie Quinones, who's in, in, on the show, Donnie DeVanion, Corey Lukasik, yeah. and Rob Boardman, the creators. And Rob, of course, is a director on the show as well. Thank you guys for being here. Yeah, oh, thanks, thanks so much. For thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks. You're listening to the Festival Daily Buzz with the Bitch Talk podcast on KCPW. This episode is supported in part by Black Rain, Studio Movie Grill, and Slope Style Realty. For more episodes and information about the Bitch Talk podcast, please find us at bitchtalkpodcast.com. My name is John Wildman here with my Bitch Talk co-hosts, Aaron Lim and Angela Tabora. And on this segment, we're going to talk about an episodic project. It's called Bootstrapped. We have two of the producers on the show, Stephanie Lang and Dave Hill. Thank you both for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for having us. I, I also directed it. So, oh, yeah. even better, Stephanie. Because, uh, now yeah. you, <laughs> because now you get to lead off and tell our <laughs> listeners Great. what Bootstrapped is. 
Bootstrapped. Uh, it's the brainchild of Danielle. I mean, she really started this entire process. I mean, we're here because of her. She's um, she has a Silicon Valley background, mm-hmm. and um, you know, I think this show is basically what she imagined her life would be like if she's tried to do a startup with her friends. Mm-hmm. So it's a buddy <laughs> comedy. It's irreverent, and it's I, I loved it because it's in Kansas. Set, you know, it's set in Kansas City, and it's just funny as hell. Mm-hmm. It, it, it is one of the, 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 the silliest darn things I've seen in a long time. <laughs> Good. Love, we, we, I just loved it to death and, and, and mm-hmm. I was really looking forward to talking about it. Um, but why, why don't you talk briefly about, because the, the, the personalities of our, of our characters, of, of our, um, our development team, so to speak, in mm-hmm. the film are so distinctive. Can, can you talk about each one of those characters? Well, I think, you know, Mary Beth plays a character, as she said yesterday, that's not too far from, from her own personal, you know, character uh, that's like overly optimistic and kind of always upbeat. And Danielle is, you know, always looking to party and loves day drinking. Um, I don't know that she actually loves day drinking in reality. I, I can confirm. Okay, she does like <laughs> But that would be Danielle. But highly motivated. Um, and I think these characters are just, they also like genuinely really love each other. They yeah. are work wives. And I think that's also something really great about the show is that it doesn't, it's not about them competing. They're in it to win it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, that was something that uh, I loved about Daniel's philosophy about the world of the, this buddy comedy, these, these female buddies, was that they're not going to fight with each other. They're, they're partners, they're allies. She, you know, there's been too much of that uh, mm-hmm. in shows, and she said that's not what the show is going to be. Um, and she's, she's got three seasons mapped out, and she's adamant that, like, if they do date, it's like the guy's, like, in the background somewhere, <laughs> and then he's gone after an episode. You know? so, oh, so it's like real life. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, there documentary. You go. That's yeah. right. Yeah, right. That's right. So uh, no, but it's and and then uh, you know one of the best things about being here this week, all of us getting back together for the project. But we're all yeah. most of us are also friends. We all right. go back to the Chicago comedy scene, uh, Second City, and IO, and uh, we've. I've known Danielle, I've known Mary Beth, and I've known Sam for over a decade um, through that scene. So when we got on set, we were really playing, and mm. you know, and then to have Stephanie, yeah. you know, um, yeah, kind of running the ship and giving us that play box, uh, that sandbox to play in. Well, so. and I knew Sam from Veep, so I actually, you know, I started directing right. when I was on Veep, and so we had known each other. And then I did Detroiters with Sam, and then, you know, met you and and Danielle, and mm-hmm. just was like, all right, let's let's go do this. Yeah. And, we had a lot of fun. We went. We, you know, it's great. We started with a script that was awesome, and then we mm-hmm. did a little playing and improvising. And you know, you never know what you're going to get out of that, which is also great. Well, well first you know. off, I, I have to say that that I love the idea that the guys, um, you know, the, the guys that may come and, and guest on the show as love interest will be treated like the, the women on Bond movies. Um, that, <laughs> yes. that, 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 I find that find that hilarious. Yeah. Um, I'm really interested to have both of you talk about um, what. The process to because uh, w- we're talking about the, the indie development of episodics, mm-hmm. and there's and, and there's a much different approach than mm-hmm. if a network was doing this. And I'd love for both of you to talk about that. Yeah. Um, so uh, the company that uh, produced this uh, is a company that I founded about a year and a half ago called Gumption Pictures. And uh, you know, I had experienced as somebody I've been a, a writer, actor, director uh, for quite a long time, and I have so many wonderful, talented friends through the Chicago comedy scene and people that I've met living in L.A. And we all kept having the same thing happen, which is we would get to a place, you know, where we would sell something or be in process of making something, and the producer or the distributor or the network would say, we love it, now change everything about it. (laughs) And it just felt like that happened to everybody all the time. So I just felt like there has to be a better way. So I kind of had this idea to try to take more of a startup tech incubator model for how we produce. And so we're really about relationships and packaging relationships and then having the collaboration come more organically through that so that we have friends and people that we love working with making something and we believe at Gumption that that's up on the screen. So that's how we really, you know, we were resourceful. We had enough resources to do it uh, with uh, guild compliance, yep. Um, yep. but but you know we really wanted to uh, give Danielle and Stephanie and the whole team, the creative team, the room to make their vision. That's what we want to do. So, and I think that was what was so great for me is it was such a great collaboration. But we didn't have 
a lot of studio notes from anybody. I mean, in fact, it was and it was also great because you come from that background, so the notes were really helpful when they did come in, and it just felt like a really tremendously supportive, collaborating environment, and no one was trying to water it down, her vision at all. It was just always enhancing it. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the idea. But then we also have to have people that, that actually get to see this after yes. you guys have put on, on all this work. And, you know, and yes, that, please. And, 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 and <laughs> yes, exactly. please. And now, you know, in the last few years, um, film festivals have um, been rapidly adding episodic um, uh, branches to uh, to what what they show, what they exhibit. Um, there, there are things like the Great Series Fest in Denver. Mm -hmm. um, you know that 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 is uh, a, you know a place where you just cross days off the mat, off the calendar if if you're doing what you what you two are doing. Um, talk about that and 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 um, you know what that process is like for you. Yeah, I mean. Um the explosion of television, the explosion of episodic means that this is the new frontier. This mm -hmm. is where uh, the action is, so to speak. Um, and I and I have to applaud, like, you know, we were at the point with the pilot where we were getting ready to take it out and, and try to find, you know, that next stage for it. And then finding out that Sundance had the indie episodic program, which I will, I will admit to my own ignorance, I didn't know about it last year. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But to know that it was there and to have it be the second year and unsurprising that Sundance is, is on, on it, you know, that they're, that they're ready to do this. But, uh, you know, Tribeca has, uh, you know, the, the Denver um, program, you know, so the fact that, that the festivals are hip to it means that they know where things are going. And so we're really excited for, obviously, I mean, this is, it's crazy to say it out loud, but this is our first project as a company. Wow. And so to be here, uh, we're kind of like our learning curve feels like we're like staring straight <laughs> yeah. up in the air. Yeah. Um, but it's been it's been really great. And to see that the the industry and the cutting edge of Sundance gets it mm -hmm. uh, has been really great. So there's so much energy. And it's so fun to be a part of that. You know, this this moment, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in terms of getting it as somebody viewing it, I think Aaron and I have so many similarities with this. It was freaking me out. First of all, our our podcast is called Bitch Talk. Their their company, the word is bitch. It, it, the word bitch is in their company yeah, as well. Yes, it uh, it's a tech company. We're from San Francisco. They go on a rant about John Hamm. How often are we talking about John Hamm? I talk about John Hamm's on, Hamm. On the way here, we were talking about John Hamm. Yeah. And there's a conversation about bowel movements. So oh, every day. In, in short, you'll be hearing from our lawyers. Yes. Because oh, okay. this is actually oh, our story. This we've is been, just... We've been caught. Yeah, uh, this is why we wanted to have you on she's here She's it, she's it. It's yeah. the cops. Get out of here. We should go. We should go. No, it's, yeah. it's so funny. And it's so... I, it's weird. It's, it is weird. It was a little weird. It was well, super relatable. I mean, I think it is. What it right, that's what it comes down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and and I think that's that's again I think that's 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 one of the key uh, great things about Danielle's writing and perspective and vision is she wanted to write a show that her friends would completely relate to mm -hmm. and would see themselves in, mm -hmm. you know, and that was and like that voice was there mm -hmm. on the first page, you know, and it we were so happy to get this script and be able to, to, to make it and give her the room to do it how she wanted well, to do it. And it's super hopeful, right? Yeah. It's like as you start mm -hmm. companies and you, I mean, ultimately you want to be successful and you want to feel proud. And I think they feel very proud of each other as yeah. characters. I think Sam also Richardson, like he's such a nice addition to this. Yeah. I mean, in so many ways, it's it's so great. His He has a sneaker obsession in the show, <laughs> as you know. Yes, um, he's a sneaker yeah. obsession in uh, real life. I noticed, yes. yeah. Yes, yes he, uh, we used his real sneakers in the show. <laughs> A whole separate negotiation. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that well. Yeah. Yeah. So, so uh, absolutely, and and you know, I mean, they they are they are each other's work wives. They took vows, you know, and <laughs> tell death do they part, or they're convicted of white collar crimes. <laughs> <laughs> one day they'll be able to. Go they one day. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Feel free good. to. If we since we stole your life, you I can know. steal that vow. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. All right. That'll be our lo our new logo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, the, there is so much to identify with this, um, you know, because of the the, the startup entrepreneurship, the um, you know the, the the hiccups that come with that. The um, we'll just make the best. It's like like the negotiation uh, with the mom, uh, you know, it, it, it's hilarious, um, you know, to go, you know, yes, we'll take that. We'll take that horrible deal yes. because we have to do this. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and we won't even get up from the sofa when the car pulls in the garage that nudges us aside <laughs> because, because we're just dealing with it. And, yeah. and, and yeah. you know, okay. and, and yeah. And, and so um, 
you guys are at Sundance. Mm -hmm. So what's the experience like? for an episodic. I mean, it's been great. I mean, I said, like you said, like I didn't know they did this, but I'm so happy they did and we're here and it's amazing, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's been great uh, to be at this festival. I mean, I've always, you know, hoped to be at this festival at some point uh, and to be here and I've just, I've bumped into so many of Me the too. other indie episodic people. It's been mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Thousands of people, we've just kind of found each other mm -hmm. over the course of the, the weekend and the week. Um, and that's been really great, and, and uh, the just the energy. But it was crazy. I, I didn't want to bun it in earlier, but uh, first day I was here Thursday. I was walking. Nobody was really here yet. I got out of the car, walking. The third person I saw on the street, John Ham. Like, oh, no, I, I hate you. No, I hate you. We're yeah, we're like, so close. Down by Harvest, go. He might still be no, gone. Yeah. He's gone. Yeah. Thanks yeah. a lot. <laughs> wow. You had to end it on a sad note. We were having yeah, so much John, fun. I'm John Hamson. Well, now that Dave <laughs> now that Dave has dangled that carrot. Um, uh, yeah, hello. Um, again, yes. the uh, the the name of the, the name of the, the the show is Bootstrap. It is so so funny. We've had Stephanie Lang. She's a director and producer on the project. Dave Hill, also producer. Thank you both for being here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're listening to the Festival Daily Buzz with Bitch Talk Podcast. My name is John Wildman, here with the Bitch Talk co-hosts Aaron Lim and Angela Deborah. This segment, we're talking about the film Tigerland. We have the director, Ross Kaufman, with us. Ross, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right, Ross, this is the part of the show where you introduce our audience to your film. Tell us oh, about really? Tigerland. Oh, my goodness. Are you um, ready? <laughs> so Tigerland, Tigerland, Tigerland. Um, Tigerland is a documentary feature, um, and it's a film that, it, it's funny, it didn't, it, I guess it's one of those movies that people think it's a nature film, but we really shot it in verite style. So there's real action in it, and we follow real present-day stories. So we followed a guy named Pavel Fomenko in Russia, who's like the tiger man of Russia. He's this big Russian guy and, you know, burly, but <laughs> he's really a teddy bear inside. And um, his job, he works with tigers. He's been working with tigers for 25 years, saving them, um, saving them from like tiger man conflict. Like if a tiger goes, just for instance, if a tiger goes into a village and starts eating dogs mm. and maybe they have cubs and they capture that tigress and Maybe filmmakers like us have to go into the wild and try to capture these cubs with him, mm. just for instance. Yeah, um, example, yeah. I mean, that's part of the film. Right. And right. then we also talk, uh, have a past tense story, a, a legacy story of a man named Kailash Sankla, who in the 60s and 70s really um, was an incredible conservationist and helped save tigers in India. Mm. Great. And, 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 tell, and how, did this, how did you come upon this? So uh, a company called Radical Media, um, approached me and just the Discovery Channel and they asked me if I was interested in the film about tigers and I said why are you asking me I've never done anything about animals um, did a movie called E-Team about um, human rights investigators in Syria and Libya I did a film called Born in the Brothels about kids mm -hmm. in Calcutta uh, yeah. and you know so I've never done anything so I was thinking what, what, what would I do and I sort of went home and I just thought about it. I didn't want to do a poaching movie there's some great movies about poaching out there. Mm -hmm. but I just didn't want to do that. It wasn't something I wanted to do. So I saw my six-year-old playing with paper, cutting paper tigers out one, one night and um, telling me about tigers. And I just had this idea. What if we did a film not you know, talking about the death and destruction and the issue? Because we all have so many issues thrown mm -hmm. us every day. But what if we talked about the majesty, the beauty of the tiger, that magical quality that you know, when we were kids, we... All, uh, most of us had. You know, mm -hmm. We all love tigers. Mm -hmm. um, and so I went into a meeting with them and just sort of said, what about something like that? Mm -hmm. And they loved the idea. Wow, it sounds like one of them got to your child and was like, hey, do me a favor. Go play with some tigers. We, we need to nudge your dad. I think it was my wife. She wanted me to take this job, so she planted it. So. Well, how did you decide to use, or, or did they already have these places in, in line, the, the, in India, the Kana Tiger Reserve um, and Pavel? How did you find them so, specifically? Uh, our producers, Zan Parker and Zara Duffy, 
did exhaustive research mm-hmm. and you know looked at con- the the main Tigerland countries um, where tigers uh, are still around, and we just looked for great characters. This wasn't about yeah. like, like <laughs> you know it's about the tiger, but it's really about the characters. Mm-hmm. And they found Pavel Fomenko, as I was just saying, yeah. and they found Kyla Sanklo, and we just thought these are these stories really fit together in a way that um, you know if we do it right. It could really sort of give a full picture of not only what's going on with the tiger, Mm -hmm. but for me, the passion that people bring to this work. Mm -hmm. And for me, I feel like if I can make people fall in love with characters that are passionate, hopefully our audience will fall in love with what they care about. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, I I don't like to like send messages and have films that, you know, really try to do that. I just like to tell really great stories and hope that people will click you, away and go to the places like the World Wildlife Fund and either give money or give their support in some way, shape, or form. I was gonna ask you, did this turn you into an activist for the tigers? Yeah, I mean, I'm not much of an activist, honestly. Um, I would say your film is probably a call to action, at least. The film is definitely yeah. a call to action in mm-hmm. a way, mm-hmm. but it's also just a story. Mm-hmm. It's a, it, and it's a verite story, mm-hmm. and, uh, meaning we just followed the story as it happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it really just started happening and we just started following it. Um, yeah, but, uh, you know, I think great stories really move people mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. take action. Right. And my job is just to tell as great a story as possible. Mm-hmm. Well, I love, I, I just want to say I fell in love with that little boy. Jay. And oh, my God. I, yes, I, forgot I forgot his name. The, yeah. His name is Jay. So you, you did exactly what you set out to do because yeah. you're like, I love him. I want more of him. And, and he's, he's like, oh, I've been giving tours since I was four. <laughs> and I was like, okay, Working excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I just fell in love with him. And I, I, I love the, the idea that in order to love the tiger and want to preserve the tiger, you also have to respect its power yeah, and its sure. danger. And that, that comes along with it. And I, I just love those two, that, the two sides of that. Well, thank you for watching the film. I really appreciate <laughs> it. No, that's awesome. We try. But uh, yeah, to that point of this magical childlike quality that uh, the tiger really um, uh, symbolizes, uh, we follow the young young kid he's 13 years old he lived in the forest all of his life and he knew everything about birds mm-hmm. and animals but his main passion was the tiger he's seen hundreds of tigers in his life and he's only 13 mm-hmm. um, and he's going to grow up to really help save the tiger mm-hmm. yeah i love it now uh, you said you're not an activist and and you know and that that's not your your bent going into in, into this however when you do a film like this um, you know, like there's there's an entire the different uh, say film festival circuit that's environmentally focused. Um, like you know, I you know I'm 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 now you know hoping that Tigerland is going to come to EarthX Film in Dallas and you know and, and, and other fests like that. With David Holbrook. Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah. David Absolutely. Holbrook and and Michael Caine there. Um, uh, is that something that um, that frankly you know that, that you that you look forward to, or is it something frankly that's kind of you know oh I, I have to do this you know. By this point, you know, as as a filmmaker, what is your outlook on, on on traveling with a film that you've done like this? I love it. I mean, I love it. It's funny at this point in time. I have a child, you know, my wife, child, family, and I want to go to, to all these places. I really do. I, I mean, and I think almost every filmmaker wants to show their film and get that reaction and be able to talk about it. I mean, I love speaking about the films I work on. Um, you know, I, I'm even talking about it, I realize, wow, I, I know something about this subject, <laughs> which I didn't know. And to be able to share that with people is a joy. Okay, so I think we're uh, wrapping up the, uh, the final day of uh, recording for the shows on the Festival Daily Buzz on KCPW, kcpw.org, bff.fm, and kfog.com. Um, and, and I, I, I'll tell you, this has been a whirlwind uh, five days of recording. Um, uh, this is John Wildman talking with my, my bitch talk team, Aaron Lim <laughs> and Angela Tabora. Um, it, it, it has been a fantastic combination, I think, uh, of, of this trio. And uh, of I experience really, versus not. <laughs> I, no, seriously, I, I really think you you two. Um, I, I've I've enjoyed the hell out of out of this round of shows. Really did. Me too. It's been not only fun and inspiring, based on the people that we've gotten to speak with. 
But learning from you too, John, as a Sundance virgins, you really showed us the ropes and, and helped ease us into this, this whole process of just like, at, at Bitch Talk we do one interview and mm-hmm. sit there for 30 minutes or however long, but here it's just go, go, go. So you really helped ease us into the process and, and kind of help us in, along the way. And it's hard, <laughs> and, and, and it's tough to ease in when you, you know, you've got Lancia over there, like, you know, going five fingers up, four fingers. Yeah. Maybe three, ease wasn't the right way. Wrap, wrap, wrap <laughs> the sucker up and, you know, and, 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 and I'm eyeballing the two of you like going, you have a question? You have a question? I know. <laughs> a lot of eye darting happening. <laughs> or we're at like, look at me. I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Look over here, it's just one please. way or the other. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Trying to figure out. Yeah, it's funny when you get when you meet and then you just start it. You know, there there was no background. There was no let's sit and get to know each other and what's your style. It's just like we'll figure it out along the way. But it worked and it was a great time. So, how many years have you been doing Sundance, John? Uh, my first Sundance was 1999. And does anything surprise you anymore at Sundance? It takes a lot to surprise me by this point. Um, not just at Sundance. Um, <laughs> in uh, life. <laughs> uh, in, 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 in life. Uh, but yeah, and, you know, and, and that's why um, I, you, the two of you have talked about, about this and mentioned this to me, but I can't hide anything. One, I, I'm, I'm the worst liar in the world, <laughs> and you know, I, I just don't do it and because I also suck at it. Um, but if I'm really excited about a film mm-hmm. or something, then it's really easy to hear it in my voice and to see it because I cannot hide. Mm-hmm. We won't, we won't call you out on which one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but we feel the same way. It was, it was kind of a crash course on like yes. getting to know each other yep. and, and feeling each other out. Yeah. And the other great thing, and, and, and uh, Lansia gets the credit for this on the lineup of people that we're talking to, because, you know, it's not just the big movie star movies. You know, in fact, rarely do we have the big movie star um, sit there behind in one of our chairs. Um, you know, we'll catch him on the red carpet and we'll do that. Um, but I think to the credit of this show, what's awesome is that we're celebrating uh, documentaries. We're celebrating episodic pictures. We're, we're, we're always celebrating people of color women. Uh, and women. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and so as, as people like check out their Sundance and Slamdance coverage, those movies that that. 95 people are reviewing or talking to that's not really the ones that we're talking to we're, we're finding like these gems and then going uh, you know what you really need to pay attention to this thing mm-hmm. right um, and, and I think that's so important and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I'm really psyched that we are the outlet that does that it, it is funny that you mention it because as I was leaving for Sundance, everybody asked me, who are you excited to talk to? Who do you want to talk to? And they're expecting these big names, which obviously would be exciting. But I'd be like, honestly, you know what? I'm excited to talk to the crew of Maiden. And mm-hmm. I'm excited to talk to the cast and crew of Happy Face. Mm-hmm. And all these people that you may not know, but it's such a good story and it's so interesting. And, and learning about uh, the struggles of trying to make a name for yourself and trying to survive as an artist, it's not easy. And uh, I think that's where the real grit is and that's where the real interesting stories are well yeah and you know and even the questions that we ask you know it's it's like you know you watch um mainstream mm-hmm. entertainment uh, uh journalism whether it be in print or whether it be on tv and it's the same damn questions every time and mm-hmm. it's the same cookie cutter stuff you go a monkey could have done that interview um you know you know it could have you know <laughs> and, and 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 flung poo at the screen um but but <laughs> And, be more and, interesting, and, and and so yeah. So for the three of us, you know, to come at from three very different angles uh, <laughs> on, you know, on, on on what we were curious about mm-hmm. and what we want to ask, that I'm I'm really I'm really so proud of us that that, that uh, of the show because um, when I hear the conversations and you know and and sometimes of course listening you can't see this but I will lean back in my chair and just like listen and 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 those are like some of my favorite moments of of, of the show. Mm-hmm. Quickly, and I know we did it on our show, but I think we should talk a little bit about our favorite films and or our favorite roundtables here during our time. So if you want to start first, John. Oh, wow. Good question. I'm going to look look through my notes, but I'm not. Um, Top three. Top uh, three. Okay. uh, (laughs) Memory, The Making of Alien. Um, I just loved it to death and could not recommend it more highly. Um, We didn't have them on the show, but The Lodge. Um, because I'm a genre guy, mm-hmm. and, um, and, and, and it is a, a fantastic film, and it's something that it'll be interesting to see how it's marketed out there, because people are talking about like this year's heredity, um, but it's not. It, 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 it's a different film. So don't expect that, but expect a great film when you go to see it. Um, and then, of course, The Farewell. Um, 
I just love that movie to death. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. The Farewell is on the top of my list. I loved Happy Face. Watching the film and the experience of interviewing them was really, really a special moment. Okay, I'm adding that one too. (laughs) Yeah, okay, you're you're done. Okay, it's my turn. And then uh, in terms of documentaries and meeting just really powerful people, Layet Semel, the uh, the advocate Mm. in in Israel, and Tracy Edwards of Maiden. I hugged her like twice. Sorry, Tracy, I had to do it. Yeah, you're coming in hot, but I, I, I <laughs> but I get it. I mean, I respect. Yeah, I get it. Um, I would say I'm s- still really thinking about Paddleton. Mm. I just really thought it was mm-hmm. a really sweet, endearing film. And we totally forgot to mention that Dwayne Wayne, Kadeem Hardison, was in that film. Yeah, who you haven't seen since different world, a different world. Um, <laughs> Girls' Weekend was fun, but really, really short. Um, I didn't see the farewell, but Miss Purple really yeah. tugged at my heartstrings. Obviously, lots of crying too. Lots Thanks, of crying John, for yeah. making this a safe space for all of us. Yeah, to, you yeah. led the way with the tears, it, it was, and we yeah. we care, we followed. I know the first time I ever broke uh, actually, and and you know d- doing this show that actually like teared up. During really? The show. Oh. Yeah. Oh. yeah. We're gonna we're gonna hold that one to us. Yeah. Okay. So um, uh, so I think we need to to, to wrap up now. Uh, Lancia is for the. I, not even the last time, I'm sure, giving us the wrap-up uh, sign. <laughs> um, but, you know, I want to talk about our sponsors because uh, we've had great sponsors, and they include Black Rain, um, hep-infused products that focus on wellness, relief, and recovery, Studio Movie Grill, uh, opening hearts and minds one story at a time. Uh, Studio Movie Grill is all over the country, and they are doing much more than just showing movies. And Caroline Cromel of Slope Style Realty of KW Park City, Keller Williams Real Estate, uh, a fantastic support. Uh, from from those guys uh, again that is slope style realty of kw park city keller williams real estate give them a call gosh darn it uh and then of course we've had additional support provided by nancy women wines pro bar you went to brewing couple co podcast and whole foods market in park city this show is audio produced by charlene goto with production help from angela rowling and sophie gunther our executive producer is lancia Wan. All right, so uh, let's do something a little bit different on this goodbye. Um, Let's all three of us say goodbye. Goodbye. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. And thanks for tuning in. And again, we look forward to having you listen again at 2020 Sundance Film Festival. Bitch, please.